Welcome back to Chasing Dramas. This is the podcast that discusses Chinese history through historical Chinese dramas. We are your hosts, Kathy and Karen. Today, we will discuss episode 39 of The Story of Minglan or Zhi Fo, Zhi Fo, Ying Shi Lui Fei Hong Shou. The podcast is in English with proper nouns and certain Chinese phrases spoken in Mandarin Chinese. If you have any questions, please reach out to us on Instagram or Twitter at Chasing Dramas or else email us. We jumped the gun a little bit by naming the last episode Spider-Man himself. However, I defend that decision because I think this episode is about showing us and Minglan that someone truly understands her and wants her to thrive. Apart from her grandma, that is. This episode will also have heartbreak for Qi Hong as he finally realizes he has lost her forever. The episode starts off with Minglan and Gu Tingye still having their conversation about the plots Gu Tingye set up to marry Minglan. In the first two lines, Gu Tingye shows Minglan that he knows exactly the type of person she is. In relation to accepting Cao Jinxiu as a concubine in order to marry He Hongwen, Gu Tingye states that on the surface, Minglan seems very meek and unquestioning. But she's incredibly stubborn in reality. So, he placed Cao Jinxiu as a chess piece to delay Minglan. Cao Jinxiu is, of course, the cousin to He Hongwen. And at this point, He Hongwen has decided to uh, accept Cao Jinxiu as a concubine into his household. When Minglan deflects, though, by saying that only if there wasn't Wen Yanjing, who is Rulan, her fifth sister's beau, uh, because then Gu Tingye would not have succeeded. Gu Tingye jokes that when he heard about Wen Yanjing, he was so happy he didn't sleep for another night. Gu Tingye ultimately reveals that in order to marry Minglan, he did a ton of background research. He learned about Wen Yanjing's character and confirmed that he was upstanding enough to marry his older sister, her older sister Rulan, or else Gu Tingye would have helped push him out of the capital or kicked him out of the capital. Gu Tingye learned about all the characteristics of each member of Minglan's family, such as his mother, father, sister, etc., in order to make sure he can succeed in this uh, marriage proposal. I think Gu Tingye was hoping Minglan would enjoy hearing all of the work that he put into marrying her, but she actually storms off. She is upset that she's being presented as a prize for him to win. I mean, I, I would agree with her. Like, this is a lot of information to take in from someone who... Here's a key. She doesn't necessarily love and doesn't really understand why he loves her or wants to marry her. So I can understand why this is kind of scary for a woman. Well, the blinds have been lifted as to uh, what Gu Tingye's ultimate intentions are, the young duke Qi Hong cannot accept this. When his mother reports back to him that Minglan is now betrothed to Gu Tingye, he is furious and requests a meeting to interrogate Gu Tingye. Gu Tingye, though, 
already knew this conversation was happening or it was going to happen. That night, the two men meet at a restaurant. Ji Hong does not hesitate with too much pleasantries and gets straight to the point. He tells Gu Tingye, You know I've always continued to think about Minglan. Why did you agree to marry her? In this conversation, we see just how much Gu Tingye knows and cares about Minglan and just how little Ji Hong knows about her. Gu Tingye explains that he did not know Ji Hong was still thinking about Minglan. After all, Ji Hong decided to focus on studying after his wife died. Ji Hong, though, rebukes that he had to study and pass the imperial exam in order to be worthy of proposing. But Gu Tingye calmly retorts that in this relationship, it was Ji Hong who first gave up on Minglan. When pressured by his now deceased wife's family, Gu Tingye offered to help Ji Hong and Minglan, but Ji Hong did not accept. That was Ji Hong's decision to back out, no one else's. One could say, yes, he was pressured, but he wasn't brave enough to stand up for the relationship. Does Ji Hong know what happened to Minglan after he got married? Him, a duke, married the daughter of a prince. No one had anything to say about him or to him. But Minglan, she's just a Shu Chu daughter of a lowly court official. Does Ti Hong truly not know what would have happened to her in social circles? Or he did know, but he thought, oh, I can't do anything about it. And now, given the chance to marry Minglan again, he, Ti Hong that is, did not propose marriage immediately after the death of his wife. Instead, he said he had to wait and wait until he placed on the imperial exams. Was he supposed to make Minglan wait forever as well? How is that fair to Minglan? This explanation was almost as if lightning had struck Ti Hong. He desperately tries to push back on Gu Tingye and tries to convince him not to marry Minglan. After all, according to Ti Hong, she's not the one Gu Tingye has to marry. Gu Tingye point blank responds, How do you know she isn't? This was a further blow to Ti Hong. It dawned on him that Gu Tingye has wanted to marry Minglan for a while. Gu Tingye does not deny this and states that he fought fearlessly on the battlefield and, honestly, uh, in the capital just to marry Sheng Minglan. I also don't think Ti Hong has any right to say, Oh, Minglan is not the one that you have to marry. Talking to Gu Tingye. It's the same for you, Ti Hong. You gave her up the last time. So it's not like you have to marry her. Like, you don't have a moral ground to stand on this. Anyways, Ti Hong cannot accept any of what Gu Tingye has said and rushes to try to speak to Minglan directly. But Gu Tingye knows that it will not matter. Of all the options Minglan has, he knows that she will never go back to Ti Hong. Once again, we see that Gu Tingye truly knows Minglan. Sure enough, Ti Hong is refused at the door by Minglan's maid, Xiao Tao. Ti Hong wants to explain what happened and recover this relationship. In a satisfying exchange, though, Xiao Tao totally tells him off, 
for all of his actions. In his mind, he thinks that he had no option but to back out of the relationship and marry the daughter of his prince. But that doesn't mean there are no consequences. He was the one who ignored Minglan when she told him not to bug her at the very beginning of this drama. But when push came to shove, he was again the one to give her up. He does not get to come back to Minglan again after all that's happened. Poor Hung. He has no choice now but to walk away alone, heartbroken, once again. Minglan also teared up hearing Hung's exchange outside of the, the yard with Xiao Tao. But as she says to her other maid, never look back. In my view, Ninglan cried a few tears or tear, shed a few tears more to lament the past relationship that she had with Ti Hung. I sure have relationships that I look back on and I'm sad that they ended, but it does not mean I want to continue that relationship. That's what I think Minglan is feeling at this moment, though. The past is the past. At least I can still look somewhat fondly on what happened. In all of this, though, Ti Hung finally learns that he never really understood Minglan and that it was his cowardice in his relationship with her that cost him forever. With these conversations out of the way, the next steps are to finalize the marriage. On one hand, Ku Tingye has to update his side of the family, while on Minglan's side, she still has to decide whether or not she wants to accept. Let's start with Gu Tingye. Gu Tingye informs his stepmother and his older brother that he plans to marry Minglan. He doesn't give much opportunity for them to push back because he says that the emperor himself has accepted this marriage. From dialogue, we learn that his stepmother has been secretly trying to plan a marriage for him. This meeting was done primarily to annoy the two of them, his stepmother and his brother, as Gu Tingye flaunts the wealth and status he's enjoying from the emperor. In my mind, I have no issue with what Gu Tingye is doing because his older brother and stepmother were extremely cruel to him in the past, so more power to you for fighting back. The important piece of this conversation, though, is that Gu Tingye's older brother, Gu Tingyu, who is the current marquis, is recognizing that his stepmother is plotting to take his title. Gu Tingyu, the current marquis, is frail and has no sons. Who has the most to gain from the downfall of both Gu Tingye and himself? Their stepmother, who, of course, has a son of her own. The third son, Gu Tingwei. We don't spend much time on this thread for now, but it will become much more apparent in the future. The veil is being lifted, though, for the oldest brother as to who the real devil is in their family. On Minglan's side, she is informing Grandma Sheng as to what transpired between her and Gu Tingye and how Gu Tingye spun a huge web just to trap her into marriage. It's super cute because she's annoyed at him, but also quite pleased that someone is willing to go through so many hoops just to marry her. I mean, I think anybody would be 
I guess, a little, at least flattered to have someone go through all of that to marry her. In this chat with her and Grandma Sheng, Minglan is blushing heavily and the most animated I've ever seen uh, her in front of Grandma uh, Sheng. These are the tiny details that you get between her and Gu Tingye. She is always the most animated or has the most, most emotion and most natural when with him or talking about him. Her primary concern as to why she doesn't want to marry him is that she doesn't think she'll be able to handle all of the uh, issues in the household of a marquee. After all, she is just a shunyu from a small family. She's not fit to marry him. Grandma Sheng is also hilarious. Her face changes and becomes more and more shocked every time Minglan recounts the times that Gu Tingye saved her. After she fell, after Milan fell into the river, off, um, after bandits were attacking them on the boat, um, when Milan went into the palace and had to deal with a coup, none of that Grandma Shang knew about. And Grandma Shang cannot believe she's hearing all of this now. Milan though, kind of just glosses it away because she's like, whoops, I didn't tell Grandma Shang. But uh, the point of the story here is that Gu Tingye saved me on all of those instances. And so, the, uh, the marriage is stalling as Minglan hasn't agreed yet. Funnily enough, Minglan's older brother Changbai is quite worried for Gu Tingye. Gu Tingye, though, takes it in stride and says to not worry. He personally asked the empress herself to set up a polo match. All they have to do is get Minglan to attend that match. Well, next we see it's a spring day, and the polo match is underway with powerful women in attendance. The empress is there, so is Gu Tingye's stepmother, the marchioness of Ningyuan, and Mulan, Minglan's fourth sister, with her mother-in-law, the countess of Yongchang. That's quite the entourage, I must say. Minglan arrives after being dragged to attend by her eldest sister, Hualan. In an extravagant and meaningful display, Gu Tingye presents himself in front of the empress and notes that he requests a worthy prize to win on the field for his future wife. The empress agrees and pulls out a hair accessory that she wore when she was coronated empress. In essence, this tells the entire party in attendance the importance that Gu Tingye places on the marriage with his future wife. Only he is going to the empress to request a gift or prize. That is not normal. And it's also not normal that the empress acquiesce to his request. But Milan takes this the wrong way. She does not like the attention being placed on her, so she runs. In her flustered state, she actually forgets where her carriage is and runs in the wrong direction. This is another instance in her life where she forgets her facade. She is normally calculated and reserved, but in front of Gu Tingye, she loses track of that image. She's stopped, though, by Gu Tingye himself, who requests a private audience with her. If she doesn't agree with him after this conversation, then Gu Tingye promises that he will back away forever and never bother her again. She agrees to speak with him. 
away from the field, Gu Tingye asks her why she doesn't agree to this marriage. After some prodding, she reveals she's primarily worried about being able to handle the complexities of being married to the house of a marquis. That's not the true reason, but Gu Tingye kind of unfolds that in a bit. Gu Tingye waves away those worries. If she doesn't want to live at the Gu Manor, they can move elsewhere. He promises that he can't guarantee marrying him will be all rainbows and flowers, but he can guarantee that she will never be bullied and have to suffer ever again. The words he uses, which aren't easily translatable in English, are Wei Chu Bian Wei Chu is when someone has been bullied or wronged and then is upset. This is definitely something Minglan is constantly at the Sheng household. Bian means they have to keep everything to themselves and hold in their frustration or anger. Something else that she has to endure. When Minglan tries to deny that she's ever suffered, after all, she grew up in a relatively prosperous household, Gu Tingye doesn't hold back in stating that this is a lie. Since she was born, she's been suffering. She's always had to pretend to be this perfect daughter of the Sheng family and do things that she doesn't want to do. He knows that she has to pretend to accept society's constraints on women of her status. And he knows that she has to pretend like she isn't intelligent in order to prevent herself from attracting too much attention. He knows that she has never truly been happy. And finally, he declares that if she marries him, whatever position he is with men, she will have the same position with women. In Chinese, the phrase is not as uh, eloquent. eloquent. In Chinese, the literal translation is like, the standing that I have amongst this pile of men is a standing that you'll have amongst this pile of women. <laughs> With this declaration, Minglan finally agrees to this proposal. And we'll talk about why this is uh, later in the episode. They return to the field as a pair, each beaming with happiness at this decision. Gu Tingye, in particular, is over the moon with being able to marry such a capable and intelligent woman. On the platform of onlookers, Gu Tingye's stepmother is not pleased. Neither is Mulan, Milan's fourth sister, or her mother-in-law. After all... Her mother-in-law, the Countess of Yongchang, wanted Minglan for a daughter-in-law. She knew how great of an asset Minglan was. The only other person happy for Minglan is, of course, Minglan's oldest sister, Hualan. The scene in the drama where they return to the field is also pretty hilarious when you see the behind-the-scenes footage. The camera swirls around the pair to evoke a feeling of euphoria as the two walk alongside each other. To achieve this effect, the camera crew literally raced around Gu Tingye and Minglan in circles with a steady camera to prevent the shot from shaking too much. In my view, it's almost like a game of tag, and the goal is to try to not be in the shot and distract from the main characters. Yeah, it reminds me of this game of like, in Chinese, it's um, uh, an eagle chasing little chickens. And that's pretty much it. The, the main characters were doing their walk and acting. And then these people were just running around in circles. I thought there was a crane to record uh, or film the shot, but nope, it was just lots of running. 
The remainder of episode 39 sees Ming Lan preparing for her wedding. First, she chats with her sister Rulan, who is a little bit upset at Ming Lan primarily because of how beneficial this marriage will be. But it is revealed that the reason Rulan is upset is because she sees that her future mother-in-law will be a handful and she's not excited about that. With a few jokes, though, that are quite heartwarming to see the relationship between these two sisters, Ming Lan is able to appease Rulan and help her be excited about her pending marriage with Wen Yanjing. The episode ends with Ming Lan speaking with Grandma Sheng and Grandma Sheng telling Ming Lan how to prepare to handle the relationships in her new home. We'll see more of this in the next episode as well as Ming Lan's wedding. We're very excited about that. That will be an extremely long podcast episode, so we'll probably split it into two as there's going to be lots of historical references. Well, that was the episode recap. Let's discuss kind of the relationship between Gu Tingye and Minglan and why Minglan ultimately said yes to Gu Tingye. Starting off, why is Gu Tingye a good match for Minglan? Si Hong was attracted to Minglan but had no clue about her true nature, nor did he have accountability in this relationship with her. He Hongwen was also attracted to Minglan, but could not stand up for Minglan in the face of pressure from his family to also marry a concubine, who just so happened to be his cousin. Most likely, neither of these men would have allowed Minglan to marry and actually thrive in the marriage. In Si Hong's instance, he probably would not have defended her when there were issues at court, or if his mother pushed him. Think about how little he did when his servant was beaten to death. How could anyone expect him to grow a backbone and stand up for Minglan if there was conflict? Ke Hongwen's the same, but maybe not as bad as Ti Hong. In both instances, Minglan would live kind of looking down. She would not be able to hold her head up high. And she would also constantly have to pretend to be the good-natured, meek woman she lets everyone believe uh, that she is. There will never be escaping that if she married either one of those men um, of kind of the cage that she still is in at home and the Sheng family. This is a completely different story for Gu Tingye. Since the very beginning, Gu Tingye has known that how Minglan presents herself in front of others was nothing more than a facade. Only he actually knows how much she suffers and only he plotted to marry her in a way that places her to the highest position possible. Namely, a dini, or a daughter born from the main wife. Minglan doesn't necessarily want riches or status, she just wants to live freely, or as freely as possible. Gu Tingye shows Minglan that he's aware of this and will offer that for her. Notice how when they return to the polo after Minglan agrees, Minglan and Gu Tingye are actually shown as equals and are walking alongside each other. Gu Tingye sees her as his equal, not someone who he has to save or not someone subservient to him. He respects her true self and values that true nature. That is why he wants to marry her. And finally, um, in this episode, 
he makes it really clear to her this is the reason why he's marrying her. It is important to reiterate that Minglan at this point in the drama does not yet love Gu Tingye. Sure, the words he's saying to her are agreeable, and they have also always been incredibly friendly towards each other, but that does not mean she has any more affection towards him than what is built off of years of friendship. In this marriage, he is smitten with her. She only respects him and accepts him as a husband. She takes it more as a job. Let's also take some time to talk about exactly how big the web that Gu Tingye spun uh, was in order to marry Minglan and how it shows his love for her. First, stalling Minglan by meddling in her marriage prospects with He Hongwen. That was quite an elaborate display of, uh, of plotting and scheming. All of that was done in order to make sure that Minglan did not get betrothed to because during that time period, being betrothed was already a big, I guess, commitment. And changing that commitment would have been really, really tough. Next, telling the Sheng family that he wants to marry a Sheng Jia Di Nu. I don't know how Gu Tingye found out that Minglan was listed as a Di Nu. Perhaps Chang Bai told him, um, so Minglan's older brother. This is certainly, I guess, a bug in the, in the drama that they don't show us. But it was essential that he picked those two words specifically, Di Nu. Why? That way, when Minglan marries, her status is elevated to that of a legitimate or Dinyu daughter of the Sheng family, not a Shunyu. Even though everybody may know that she's a Shunyu, but she is at least married off as a Dinyu. The next step after that is to tell the emperor himself that he, Gu Tingye, wants to marry Sheng Jia Dinyu. Again, the words he used are Dinyu. So when the emperor agrees, it is now imperial decree. This is crucial. In front of the Sheng family, or even his own family, there is no way to back out of this marriage to the Sheng family because he has raised it in front of the highest power of the land. Backing out of this marriage would be looked down upon. Fourth, he exposed that the true Sheng Jia Yu is not fit to marry him. This, I think, is another bug in both the drama and the book. In my view, I think Gu Tingye found out way ahead of time that uh, maybe by spying on the Sheng family's activities, that Rulan was secretly meeting Wen Yanjing. That is why when he, Gu Tingye, went to the temple where he and Chang Bai accidentally run into Rulan meeting Wen Yanjing and saying goodbye, everything kind of fell into place. In the last episode, Chang Bai says that Gu Tingye has been super busy lately. So why did Gu Tingye just randomly come to the temple that day? It has to be because he needed an excuse to expose Rulan, thus making her unfit to marry him. That way, the only person who could marry him as a Dini daughter of the Sheng family is Minglan. And lastly... Gu Tingye sharing his feelings to Minglan in the two conversations reveals that not only does he know the true Minglan, but he has what it takes to make her happy. 
he recognizes, and we talked about this earlier, that he knows her value as someone who has helped him and can help him in the future and wants to provide the environment to ensure that she can hold her head up high. Everything that she's done, that he's done for her to uh, secure this marriage has already been to elevate her status. No other man in her life so far, be it Ti Hung or He Hongwen, has allowed her to feel comfortable enough to show her true nature. And that, in my view, is the whole chain of events and the whole thread, months-long plotting scheme of how Gu Tingye secured a wife. These steps are crucial because it places extremely high importance on Ming Lan when she marries. She will be placed on the highest pedestal as the wife of Gu Tingye, not some lowly Shu Nu. She is, of course, marrying in as the Di Nu, as Karen said. The marriage also is very important, um, so much so that the emperor and empress are personally involved. This is a great honor for someone of Ming Lan's station, but this is also exactly what Gu Tingye wanted for her. She will be marrying into, I guess, one of the great houses of the empire, as you would say, and she will and potentially might be a future marchioness. So this is a very high honor for her and her family. And Gu Tingye put a lot of thought into making it so that Minglan could enjoy this wealth and status or this future wealth and status. Turn to some history and culture in today's episode. There's actually quite a lot of idioms today. First up is the phrase "Wa guan bu li jing shang po, jiang jun nan mian zhen qian wang." This is something that Gu Tingye's older brother mentioned to his wife while discussing their stepmother's plot to take his title for her own son. The phrase comes from the Book of Han. The first part of the phrase translate to a pot used for collecting water from a well won't be far from the well when it breaks. The second part of the phrase means that a military general may not help but be killed in action or on the front lines. The phrase means that even if you have to uh, perform a seemingly mundane task repetitively, you have to be very careful. That is because one slip of a mundane task might lead to catastrophic events. In Gu Tingye's case, he's going off to fight in wars quite regularly, so it's to be expected that he could meet an untimely end. Call it occupational hazard. For the stepmother's own son, third in line to become Marquis, she needs to wait for the oldest son to pass, which is likely because he's quite frail, and to plot for the second son, aka Gu Tingye, to pass without an heir. That way, her son will likely and naturally assume the title of Marquis. 
The next idiom is 釜底抽薪 This is the idiom Gu Tingye uses in his conversation with Chang Bai to describe the lengths he's gone to marry Minglan, and that he has requested for the empress to set up the polo match. The literal translation of 釜底抽薪 is pulling the wood out from under a stove. But the meaning basically is to take drastic measures for a situation. So, fu is a historical stove, and xin is actually firewood. So the story kind of goes like this: If the stove has boiling water and you want the water to stop boiling, you could add cold water, but the water inevitably will continue to boil. If you want to stop the boil indefinitely, you have to remove the firewood. This idiom is also one of the 36 stratagems for war and politics in Chinese culture, and it was first mentioned by Dong Zhuo in the late second century AD. The phrase was added into the 36 stratagems a few centuries later. And in the same conversation,、uh, and we actually didn't talk about this, but. Fu Tingye's daughter is now grown up to be a beautiful young lady. She is writing, practicing calligraphy while listening to her father and uncle, you could say, talk about how to marry Minglan. And on her paper, she writes "Ma Dao Cheng Gong." The literal meaning is "When a horse comes, we will win." But essentially, it means that there will be an instant win or a confident win. This is actually an anachronism in the drama. The phrase doesn't appear until the Yuan Dynasty, which is around 200 years after this drama, the setting of this drama. In present day, many people paint this idiom with horses, as it is a phrase of good luck. So when you say when you when your friends have、um, a quest that they're going on or or a project that they're embarking on, you send them this phrase of "ma dao cheng gong," which means that I wish that you、uh, succeed in your endeavors. Finally, let's discuss book differences. In the book, Gu Tingye was successful on his first try to propose marriage to Minglan. The drama actually splits the、uh, main conversation into two. The meeting orchestrated in the beginning of this episode by Minglan's sister, and of course, the polo match. In the book, there's only the one meeting.、Um, That was orchestrated by Huaolan. However, in both the drama and the book, Minglan agrees after hearing Gu Tingye promise that whatever position he is amongst men, that will be her position amongst women. So I'm actually really happy that、uh, in the drama they kept that phrase. The book goes into also a lot more details on Ruolan's marriage. The drama glosses over much of this. We don't see actually Ruolan's marriage at all. Yan Wenjing proposes marriage before taking the imperial exam, and luckily he did well. If he didn't,、mm, that kind of really sucks for Rulan. Sheng Hong, the master of the Sheng family, is actually the biggest winner of the whole saga. Why? Because his reputation at court is bolstered as someone that isn't a gold digger. Why? Because his own Di Nu. Or 
um, daughter of the main wife is actually marrying a poorer man, while his shunu, to people who know, everybody knows that Minglan is a shunu. His shunu will be marrying Gu Tingye. In normal convention, everybody thought, oh, wow, it would be the Dinu to marry the up-and-coming general, Gu Tingye. But the fact that Shang Hong decided to marry his Dinu daughter to a poor man um, shows to everybody that he is not a person who seeks wealth and is very much still an academic. Of course, this is all everybody else knows. Shang Hong... Um, in his mind, is like, oh my god, I can't believe my daughters did what they did. But he still enjoys all of this uh, positive attention at court. The dowry is also a big topic of discussion. Rulan and Minglan will marry around the same time, but to vastly different people. Like I said, Rulan is considered marrying down, whereas Minglan is marrying up. Wang Danyangzi, or Madame Wang, being the mother of Rulan, of course, wanted to give more to her daughter. But her actions were roundly chastised by her husband on this. Sheng Hong has a surprisingly firm stance on how both of his daughters will be treated or uh, with regards to the dowry. Whatever Rulan has, Minglan must have. And whatever Grandma Sheng gives to Minglan, Wang Danyangzi must not interfere. Because at the end of the day, whatever Grandma Sheng wants to give to any granddaughter is up to her. I will say, Sheng Hong is not a good husband, but he is a decent enough father, all things considered. He's not close to Minglan, but in the book, he at least make sure she is treated well. Despite Sheng Hong's overt favoritism to Molan, he has made sure that all of his sons and daughters got a good education, and he did try to find decent matches for his children as well. It's just that Molan and Rulan acted out of propriety, and in the end did marry who they wanted. Also in the book, Milan meets several people that she uh, doesn't in the drama. The first one is actually Gu Tingye's stepmother, Qin Danyangzi. Qin Danyangzi, being the stepmother to Gu Tingye, pays a visit to the Sheng family in the book just to exchange some pleasantries and go over wedding details. And what does she do? She tries to sow some discord between Minglan and Gu Tingye, but Minglan does not fall for it. In the book, also, Minglan and Qi Hong actually do meet before she marries. They meet actually at Rulan's wedding. The drama does not show this wedding, so that's why I'm talking about it here. Qi Hong is slightly tipsy from the wedding festivities and confronts Minglan as to why she never returned his affections. At the end of the day, Minglan rejects him formally and turns her head towards her marriage to Gu Tingye. And that is it for today's podcast episode. Minglan has finally agreed to marry Gu Tingye. And in the next episode, we will look at the extravagant wedding uh, between these two. 
Thank you all so much for listening. If you haven't already, check out our website, www.chasingdramas.com to see the latest drama reviews we've done or follow along with the dramas we are currently watching. If you are looking for sites to watch dramas and you're in the U.S., head on over to Jubao TV. That's J-U-B-A-O TV. It is a free service that has a selection of Chinese dramas and movies to watch. You can stream it through their website, Zumo, or else access it on TV if you have Xfinity or Cox Contour. Again, all of it is free, so definitely check it out. The music you heard is the zither piece called Lan with sheet music by Bing Jiu, Wu Jun, and played by me. We will catch you in the next episode.